In modern times, it can be tough to unify a church, whether it be through the church leaders or its community. In this episode, I, Austin Greer, am joined by our guest, Andrew Ward, to discuss what it means to grow a healthy church. This is the Kingdom Advance Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Kingdom Advance Podcast, episode six. Uh, studio's starting to look good. Can we get a can we get a close up on this sign? If you're watching on just the audio, go on over to the fa- or the YouTube, excuse me, <laughs> and go check out the new sign. It's looking good, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah, it's awesome. Episode six, we got Andrew Ward with us. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So this is the debut of the sign? This is the debut of the sign. I feel even more special. Yeah, you should. Um, All those other jokers didn't have this. They didn't at all. So, Andrew, um, are you a native of Campbellsville your whole life? I'm not. Okay. I'm a transplant uh, from East Tennessee. East Tennessee. And I moved up here actually to work at the university in Mm -hmm. 2000. Uh, So I've been here then, I guess, about 20 years. Uh, In July, it'll be 20 years, so... Uh, definitely long enough that it feels like home. Met my wife here. Uh, had all all four of our kids here. So Campbellsville is home. Awesome. And you've let's just give a a ministry context background of you. Okay. You've been in ministry t- going on twenty five years. Yeah, something like that. I started doing like internships and things like that mm-hmm. in college, uh, which would have been in the late nineties. Uh, so I'm pretty old. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, I'm, uh, this is the way we phrase it. I'm not really an old man, but I'm not a young man yeah. <laughs> anymore either. So I'm in my mid, mid-40s mid now, okay. 44. And you now serve as executive pastor mm-hmm. at Vineyard Campbellsville. Correct. And you've been there around? Uh, I started out part-time, and that's been over 10 years, I think. And yeah. I've been full-time about seven years now. Okay. Yeah, so tricked them into hiring me and haven't got rid it. of me yet. And, and Vineyard Campbellsville, tell, tell us a little bit just about your experience with Vineyard. Um, it's not been around too yeah, too long in sure. here in Campbellsville, but tell us about this Vineyard movement right. and how you got involved. Well, in it. for a community like this, you know, the you know Bible Belt and church on every mm-hmm. corner, so to speak, uh, we are a relatively young church. You know, you've got some churches in town that are, you know, 100 plus yep. years old, right? Uh, so relatively speaking, uh, the Vineyard is pretty young here. And even as a movement, mm-hmm. uh, relatively young, you know, its roots and you know, the Jesus movement and getting, you know, getting going kind of in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, but our church um, uh, got rolling in 96. That was our, yeah. our year. So we're just a little over uh, 20 years, pushing 25, I guess. Wow. Uh, and so you've yeah. almost been there, I mean, about half the time, really. Uh, me personally? Yes. Uh, I guess a little more than half. So, yeah, I came, I came along Oh, on staff, on staff right? Yeah, I, guess I, I started say. attending uh, in oh, 2001, 01, yep. r- around in there. So not long after I moved here, I discovered the vineyard and got connected fairly quickly. That's good. And so you've gotten to see it on its on its best days, yeah. worst days. Yeah, I got in. I guess for for our local church, they were about five years into this thing uh, before. Yeah before I arrived. So I wasn't in on the very ground floor, but fairly, fairly early. So I've, I've witnessed a lot of our local history anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I asked that just because I, this episode, I want to, I just want to talk about what it, what does it mean to have a healthy, and mm-hmm. I, you can use the term healthy in so <laughs> sure. many different ways, 
um, but what does it mean to have a healthy church today? Mm-hmm. And I think the vineyard is going to be a good example of what a healthy church is. Um, you've got so. people from all walks of life, college mm-hmm. students. I mean, what do you got? Sixty-year-olds. I mean, like the, the spectrum's so wide it's when it comes to the vineyard. Fairly diverse. Yes, yeah. uh, I do think that can certainly uh, be a sign of health in your church, and some of that's going to be dictated by your community. You know, how diverse is your community, right. and does your church reflect your community? And uh, so, yeah, I love uh, what our Sunday mornings look like mm-hmm. personally. Um, I would love it if it was even a little more diverse. Yep. And so we certainly are endeavoring to be as welcome as, as welcoming as we can, as intentional as we can, to use some maybe some overused words, intentionality. I love it. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we do. We want to be intentional yep. about uh, you know reaching out. You know, a lot of that diversity comes from the college. You know, yep. so we have so many international students, uh, students that come from all over, and so we've tried to be. Uh, a place where college students could feel mm-hmm. uh, welcomed and wanted and and appreciated, and so we've seen some fruit there. Yeah, college students there from you know again lots of countries, lots of uh, different areas, and then generationally speaking, uh, we're still a young-ish mm-hmm. church. So yep. probably the meat of our church is young families, uh, probably around I guess where my my wife and I are. So you know, kind of yep. that. Uh, you know, young, you know, some kids. Yeah. And uh, even, still in the, in the house. even in the last five years, y'all have yeah. seen like babies popping out left and right at your house. Yeah, church. too many. Like, uh, we're putting a moratorium on <laughs> the church, but no more babies for a while. Right. At least until maybe we can uh, expand our kids when mm-hmm. we're full of babies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of young families, but not just young families, yep. too. You know, we have a, a growing youth group and we have uh, you know, some, some folks that are. Um, uh, that are, are more seasoned, mm-hmm. uh, you could say. So they've yeah. been, been around a little little bit longer. But yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of the makeup of our church. Mm-hmm. And even though, I mean, even though everyone's, you know, in this area, mm-hmm. everyone maybe goes to the same stores, goes to the same restaurants. There's, I mean, there's such division just in everyone's culture mm-hmm. because you all have so many different walks of life at your church. Yeah. And we were talking true. about this. We were talking about, um, unity in a divided culture today, mm-hmm. um, like how to have that. And with, I think this is perfect timing for this podcast because yesterday, you know, we heard how serious this coronavirus right, is. Right, sure. And this is going to be a time of division or mm-hmm. unity in our in our um, society, in our nation. How does that play into the church? Unity with a divided culture. How do you bring that together for a healthy church? Yeah, so that is a great example. You have people, speaking of the virus, you have people that think it's total sham and hoax, and then you have people that are uh, maybe as we speak, uh, you know, getting into their bunkers and planning on not coming out for a year. Mm -hmm. So you have, you know, polar polar opposites, and then, you know, of course, there's a lot of people somewhere in in between. Right. Uh, you know, the world we live in, social media and so on, uh, all the extreme uh, opinions are out, tend to be out front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an election coming up. So, of course, all the, you know, the political views uh, that are so polarizing, again, out front and center. And our church is probably like a lot of churches in town. I mean, we've got folks that uh, represent probably you know the whole spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, far left, far right, uh, far right, uh, in the middle, 
Um, and so how, as a church, do you function? Yeah. You know, how can you, how can you serve the community at large? How can you serve the folks that are in your, within your four walls? And then of course the, you know, out, outside the walls as well. Uh, so it's a challenge that is not unique to the vineyard. It's mm-hmm. a challenge, I think probably for all the, yeah. uh, the, the churches in town. Um, so how, how, how do you do it? Am I supposed to tell you? I thought you were going to tell me how you... No, I'm relaying that back to you. Oh, great. So I'm supposed to have the answer. Yeah, unity. I mean, Uh, like, how do we do it? um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and so I'm just going to give you, uh, I guess, some of uh, my thoughts that, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, people smarter than me uh, watching this podcast that will think, oh, that's dumb. (laughs) No. Uh, But here's some of my thoughts. I think most of us um, have, uh, I think of in terms of, of circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so believers, I think, uh, predominantly have like these non-negotiables. Okay, so these are the things that I, uh, that, that I don't think I could let go of, uh, mm-hmm. that, I, uh, that I can't waver on. Uh, these are the hills that I die on, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, uh, this is this is what I believe, and there's there's no change in my mind, and so on. These yep. are the non-negotiables of my faith, uh, and then there's maybe a little bit of an outer circle, yep. uh, a step out from there. That uh, okay, these are things that I firmly believe. These are some things that, uh, that you're probably not going to convince me otherwise, uh, but I can at least have some grace for you if you see some of these things differently. Yeah, uh, I can maybe at least see how um, you can look at scripture and find a different view yep. or a different interpretation and I can respect and we can kind of coexist in that yep. space even though I'm probably not going to change my view there mm-hmm. right so there's kind of that outer outer work and then there's uh, maybe another level where it's like you, you can see some things and just recognize I have no idea what the answer is here yeah uh, maybe I have some opinions but I just I don't know right yeah and so you have even more grace for people that mm-hmm. you know have their ideas and so on and so I think one of the challenges of our church today and the culture we live today is I think uh, that a lot of us tend to have that inner circle maybe a bit too too Ooh. wide. Ooh. And so we have the non-negotiables where we're picking maybe too many hills to die on. That's really good. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the challenges of the church is, uh, okay, yeah, we should identify some things that, you know, this is, you know, at the very core, and I'm not budging from this, but what can we do to make that second, that second space a mm-hmm. little bit larger where, okay, yeah, these, I believe these things, and I believe them pretty firmly, and you believe some things that are a little different, but, but we can go coexist here, we can still pull in the same direction in a lot of ways, uh, we can have relationship, we can have friendship, we can, uh, we can certainly be respectful in some of these things. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would be good if we could be more selective on those hills that we choose to, to die on. Because, mm. you know, you survey social media and it just seems like we're choosing to fight every yep. single yep. battle. And do you think, I mean, I just, you, do you call it a soft culture? Like people who get offended too often? <laughs> like, you know, is that one of the issues that, that inner circle's too wide, too big? Um, there's too many, like... I'm not changing my beliefs, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to that church because they believe this and I don't believe that. Like, is that why? Sure. I think maybe that plays into it. Into it. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're in a culture where people get offended too easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
some of it. I, I think we can go too far the other uh, direction and think along the lines of, okay, if you're offended by something, I say it, it's your fault, right? right? Yeah. So there's, again, there's extremes yeah. like everything else. So again, I think the, the best space is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, okay, maybe don't be so quick to be offended. Mm-hmm. Some of us could, uh, could work on that. And then some of us could also come toward the middle and not be so uh, insensitive, yeah. uh, not be so careless uh, um, or inconsiderate of, of uh, other other people. I agree. And uh, something I've realized about the vineyard is, from, from my perspective, you're one of the most diverse uh, churches in the community. Okay. And with that being said... They're so you guys give a platform to just your regular church members. That's something I've realized throughout my three years here. Mm-hmm. Is there's always new people speaking. There's always, uh-huh. you know, women who are preaching, men who are preaching. Not just leaders in the church, mm-hmm. but just church members who may um, been going there for years. Yeah, like how important is that in unity and allowing like your church to have a voice and not just. Oh, this pastor preaches. This pastor preaches, sure. and that's it. Like yeah. you know, like how important is that? Yeah, no, uh, that's a good question. Um, John Wimber is uh, the, probably the most uh, well-known uh, founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he wasn't the sole founder, but he was uh, the most recognizable right. name uh, that kind of helped propel uh, the vineyard forward uh, uh, in its early days. And he had a, an expression uh, that he used. Uh, he he would say, you know, every, in the vineyard, everyone gets to play. <laughs> and so we have tried to make that sort of a core uh, value. Yeah. Um, we call it equipping the saints. And, you know, we have a list uh, of our own DNA um, that, you know, every church has their own DNA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you're a Southern Baptist, you're going to have some distinctives even from other Southern Baptists that make your, you know, your church right. you, your own fingerprints, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so one of our, you know, DNA, which happens to, I think, coincide with the Vineyard Movement as a whole, but, but one that we've tried to lean into is, is equipping the saints or yeah. you know, everyone, everyone gets to play. Uh, and so we, uh, we've tried to not lean into, uh, you know, the, the superstar upfront um, form of uh, Christianity yeah. and, and church life. So, um, you know, it, great to have a good strong pastor and a good strong worship leader uh, we feel like we have a great pastor yeah. and he's you know, he's charismatic and he has um, he's an incredible teacher and yeah. he brings a lot to the table it's Adam Russell's our pastor yeah. um, but we don't want it to be the Adam show and we don't right. want it to be the Andrew show and the Glenn Yoder and all other folks that uh, happen to be on staff so yeah we do actively try and uh, give platform and opportunities away Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't do it flippantly, uh, so you know we we do try and do as much training and things that yeah. we can. We have we have a preaching team, so we uh, periodically you know invite folks in and and you know work on you know the craft, so to speak. It's just one example. Yeah. Um, uh, you know we have you know different worship leaders that you know that they work. You yeah. know they uh, they they train and things, but. We never want it to be uh, presented as, yeah. This. yeah. Uh, he had another expression, too, um, that he used called, uh, that he would say, the meat is in the streets. Ooh. And so that's um, one, one of the things we try to em- emphasize is Sunday mornings are important. Mm-hmm. They're great. They really are. Uh, they're critical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but most of uh, what happens should be outside. That's good. Uh, the wall. So if the, you know, we talk a lot about the, you know, the, the gospel of the kingdom of of heaven. You know, Jesus talked about the kingdom mm-hmm. quite a bit, um, and that seemed to be the emphasis of his ministry is extending uh, the kingdom of heaven into you know into the, into the present, and that can come in a lot of ways. It can come from you know, leading someone to the Lord, right? Yep. It can come through, you know, that, sort of that salvation moment. But it's not just that. That's just sort of the beginning. It's praying for the sick. It's taking care of the poor and the needy. And there's all these different different ways that the, uh, the, that the kingdom can be extended. And most of that happens outside the walls of the yeah, church. And that's so um, that's what we want to model, that it's not about these few people. It's about all of you. And so most of the people that... They end up coming to the vineyard, most of you know, the salvations or the people that get baptized. You know, some of that happens when we do our altar calls. You know, we do we essentially do altar calls after church and invite people to come up and receive prayer. Mm-hmm. And some of that happens from Adam or, you know, some of our leaders reaching out to people, but most of it happens relationally yeah, through other really people good. out in the out That's in really the good. So the Kingdom Advance Podcast. How do we advance the yeah, kingdom? There, you go. there it is. It's it's in the the body. It's right. not in the just the head of a church, right? And um, I think it's human nature to judge, especially church, to judge how successful, how effective by the amount. Yeah. Hey, we had this many baptisms this Sunday. Sure. We had this many people show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great, but like, mm-hmm. what's happening throughout the week with those people? Sure. And like, when that, when you talk about that with a healthy church, like, what? When do you realize our church is healthy? When do you realize like we are doing something effective? Because they're like it's not boastful. You have to have those moments in mm-hmm. ministry where you're like, all right, what we're doing is really good. Like let's keep the fire going. Yeah. So when do you know a church is healthy? When do you identify? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of signs, and those things you mentioned certainly can be signs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can they can be signs uh, that, that that something's happening yep. at your church and. Um, and they can be misleading too. Um, you know, you can you can have a big emphasis uh, on things that are a bit more entertaining, and you can attract crowds, and that may or uh, that may or may not be a sign of a healthy church. But it, but it can be at yeah. the same time, right? But those num- numbers either way can be a bit misleading. Mm-hmm. So maybe your church may be completely healthy, but if you're a church, say like ours or some churches that have a you know heavy you know college mm-hmm. uh, component. You frequently have people that oh they're with you for a while and then maybe this is a big senior class right and you've just got a lot of people that just move away. You know they're not mad at your church. Yeah. You haven't done anything wrong, but you just whoop, that's oh, almost just, I mean that's healthy right there sending uh, sending people you know sure right yeah yeah no absolutely or yeah maybe you've sent a church off to yeah. plant you know you've taken a core group of people and they're going to go to another community. So uh, the numbers game can be a sign, but it isn't certainly the only sign. So what are some other things? Um, No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, there's something to be said for uh, stability. You know, it's nice Mm. when you don't have just perpetual turnover Mm -hmm. and leadership, although um, there's maybe a space there where um, you you don't want to get totally stagnant. So, okay, you've had the same church staff and no changes for 40 years. 
okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's right. not always great. Yeah. Uh, but there's, I think, something to be said for some, some continuity mm-hmm. that can uh, maybe be a sign. I think um, when you see, uh, you know, like leader, discipleship, leadership development, so, mm-hmm. you know, you see more and more being given away for folks to do. I think that's yeah. can be a good sign. That's where, good. And you talk about sna- stagnant. Um, where, like, are there any moments that stick out to you specifically about the vineyard, where like I mean, because you've been you've been riding on this roller coaster for a little while. What were there? Are there any moments where you, the church just went through a tough time, and like, mm-hmm. what was the, yeah, what was the formula to getting out of that or something? Sure, uh, two things come to mind. One, the broad the broader vineyard, and then and then also okay. our local vineyard. So both of those things come to mind. So, um, the vineyard as a movement went through, you know. Uh, Quite a transition around the around the time that they hit about three hundred church mark or so, and so they when they got around when they got to that spot, they really had to kind of shuffle the deck and think, okay, you know, how are we going to care for these churches? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have to do some things differently yeah. to you know for accountability for organization, and that was a tough transition yeah. because you you have the pine the the word you know you can use uh, there's a book called quest for the radical middle that, mm-hmm. we, uh, that kind of um, goes through the vineyard history but uh, you have pioneers and you have homesteaders right mm-hmm. so you have you know pioneers that are in on the ground level and yeah. and they have certain you know views and ideas of uh, uh, of how to get this thing going and then there comes this time where you need okay you need this next round of people that are going to like yeah hold it down and there's usually this transition. Yeah, there is. Uh, and so uh, I guess our mo- one of our moments mm-hmm. of transition came when we transitioned from Ray Hollenbach to Adam Russell. Yeah. Uh, so Ray was our uh, pastor for, I think, um, was he, did he hit 10 years? He probably, I think he hit wow. 10 years. Ray's awesome. He's a professor here yeah. at Campbellsville. Well, and, and I think this, I mean, at least from my view, this mm-hmm. felt unique. Maybe it's not, but it seemed unique to me. Because uh, you know, sometimes pastors they they don't want to hand their right. position over. Uh, maybe there may be a and lot the, of signs. Sometimes the church time. does. I mean, yeah, no. So a lot of times that could be kind of a fracturing mm-hmm. moment, uh, a difficult moment. Um, so to me, this our story feels a little unique because Ray and maybe a few of the other you know elders of the church just felt. You know, Adam was the worship pastor yep. at the time. And they just felt like the Lord was highlighting Adam, like mm. speaking to everyone, including Rail. Yeah, it's it's time to make space for Adam. And Ray's very aware. Yeah, of, I mean, like, yeah, he's very in the presence, very aware. And uh-huh. you know, if if he's hearing something, it's it's probably correct. But yeah, so this was not a matter where uh, Ray's position needed to be wrestled from. Mm. He freely wow. stepped aside and, and and just kind of invited mm-hmm. Adam into that. And then, furthermore. Ray even and, and this can you know can can be awkward you know sometimes Ray even uh, continued on staff for a while for yep. about for about a year and then then he transitioned and did, went on to some other things and just the the way that you know all of that went felt unique mm-hmm. uh, and it was it I always appreciated um, how you know that transition went, but that was a transition. That, oh, I wouldn't say necessarily all of it was easy. Transitions are never yeah. easy, um, but it was the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think a mark of a uh, one mark of a healthy church 
is uh, just trying to be obedient to join in yeah. you know what the Lord's doing when he's doing it yep. even if it's not necessarily easy yes. or sometimes maybe even doesn't make sense that's really good yeah and if someone if someone was listening to this watching this that maybe they're they're planting a church mm-hmm. or maybe they've been at the same church their entire life mm-hmm. and they're just at this point where they're a leader in the church but they're not maybe seeing growth they're not seeing that healthy aspect what would you say to them as a final question for you i mean like what do you do through those times as a as a church planter a church planter uh, just a church leader okay. and not seeing that the fruit not seeing from the inside looking out, you know, you're, yeah. you're in a leadership position, you're looking out at the church, and you're just not seeing that health. You're not seeing mm-hmm. people wanting to, you know, come to church, not motivated. What would you say to them in this moment? Like, Well, one, one of the big things, uh, and this, you know, that's a big question, so I don't know if we have time to unpack it, because there's a lot of things yeah. you yeah. look for. But I would start with, if you, as leaders, and we've been, we talk about this as a staff quite a bit, um, as leaders, if you want a healthy church, you need to be healthy yourselves. Mm. And uh, so as much as uh, as leaders, you can have your own accountability, uh, as much as you cannot put pressure on yourselves to be perfect, you can give yourself some space uh, to to acknowledge your own weaknesses and the yeah. spaces where you you could use help. Yeah. Uh, you could use your own, your own counseling. Yeah. Like there's such a stigma around that, but any, anything uh-huh. that a leader can do to, and then I'm talking about beyond like self-care, which is kind right. of a popular uh, term, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about something maybe a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. Like how can you be healthy? That's good. And as, you, as you're healthy, as your team is that's healthy, uh, then Lord willing, that will gravitate mm-hmm. out. Into, and something you guys, you guys do as a staff is... You've had people come in and you've taken these personality tests. These yeah, we do some different strengths things. and weaknesses tests because mm-hmm. it's very important as leadership um, to know what you're weak in and what someone else is strong in because mm-hmm. those can correlate. Yeah, what you're weak in can be what someone else is strong in, and then it makes up for the slack. Yeah, sure. And there's no silver bullets, and that's good yeah. to acknowledge too. <laughs> so it's good to take a multifaceted approach to, you know, uh, to, to constantly um, evaluate. Mm-hmm. Okay, how are we? Are we healthy? Are yep. we good? And and to continue to lean into ways to make yourselves you know healthier. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah that's that's one thing that has served us well. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as we continue to seek that, hopefully that'll help yeah. us stay well as a as a body. I love it. Yeah. And I, we appreciate what Vineyard Campbellsville does for the entire community. What you do for the university and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for coming on. And I hope anyone listening, that was just a little bit of an encouragement. Um, I know for me, I've always had a heart for church planning. Mm-hmm. So just hearing you talk about, you know, you going through tough times, um, unity through division, like, it's a, it's a good talk. And yeah. I so appreciate you coming on. That's a wrap for episode six of the Kingdom Advance podcast. Until next time. Mm-hmm.